This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Rose and Jamie are two best friends And they love sex and the city And they couldn't help but wonder Do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, cheese, So many dudes. Every little dude All the dudes And we couldn't help but wonder With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't Couldn't Help Help But But Wonder. Wonder. A podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to to us. us. Great. Okay, before we get into our segment, we have a very special guest. If you follow us on Instagram, we constantly repost his hilarious sketch videos he just uh finished writing on a quibi show you may know him from all of his amazing um sketch shows he just finished the cbs diversity showcase is that right yeah it was a year ago but i'll I'll let you plug it yeah well this year doesn't count it's it was yesterday as far as i'm concerned that's true I became aware of him years ago when all of my friends lost their mind and told me about the funniest one man show in L.A., which was called So Long Boulder City, which was based on a fictional show created by Emma Stone's character Mia Dolan in the film La La Land. <laughs> Please welcome Jimmy Fowley. Jimmy Fowley. Thanks for having me. Oh, my God. We are so psyched to have you. Welcome to the program. How, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing good. Actually, I also want to say the reason, besides being, a, we're, we're all huge fans of your comedy, the reason that uh, we decided that you must be on the show is because of your recent web series, which is a parody on Sex in the City. We love that. And we're definitely going to get into that. So, so funny. Yeah. Thank and we have, we have a lot of questions about that because there's a lot of hot goss about is Carrie an actual bitch or not? And I would say, according to your web series, the answer is definitely yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's get into our segment of who were you this week? Actually, Jimmy, would you like to go first? Sure. I feel like. I feel like such a Miranda because I just feel like I've been complaining all day. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I hear that so hard. Yeah. It's just like, I was in this insane conflict with my roommate. He like, he woke me up at like 7.45 AM because he was, he had a work call and we just have not figured out the working from home of it all of our apartment yeah. like we have gone and we've known each other since high school so we're, we're like brothers but we've oh, wow. just screamed at each other slammed the doors in each other's faces like and i just like very calmly came out this morning i was like hi 
Um, <laughs> I believe that the call that you took this morning, it, it did wake me up. And then he got defensive instead of just being like, oh, I'm sorry. He was just like, like basically putting it on me and the times that I have woken him up at night. Which you're not and supposed was, to do in a fight. You're supposed to just focus on the one thing at hand. Yes. Oh, thank so you. I literally just had this discussion today with a friend because they got in a fight with their boyfriend and they like they had. Yeah, it's same thing. It's like spiraled into other mini fights within the fight. And you're like, stay you're on task, to reach people. The past. You're not allowed <laughs> to be like seven years ago. You actually yeah. did the same. It's oh, like, we're not it's talking so about that. true. Totally. Yeah. And, and I do it too. Like I'm like really the king of like resentment where I'm like, actually, let me remind you of something that happened February 15th, 2001. Yeah. Like, I'll really go back, but it just like we, we were like spinning our wheels. And then so, yeah, I just felt like it was very Miranda, very. I mean, I don't I, I'm curious what you guys think if you would say she's the most complaining oh, one. Oh, by far. A hundred percent. She's her. like a giant, like redheaded sigh. Oh my God, you're absolutely <laughs> right. She is. Yeah. I don't know why I said giant. She's no, she giant. Is. She is. She's a reasonably sized she's redheaded sigh. She's a seven sigh. foot five. <laughs> Finally, someone body shamed Miranda. Finally. <laughs> I mean. Okay, here's the thing, Jimmy. I'm like a stan and I follow you on Insta, so I know you have like a nice, handsome boyfriend. What about moving in with him? Well, here's the thing, Rose. We just we started dating February, and we became in a relationship in June. So, oh wow, you okay. guys really took your time committing. Yeah, we really did. I mean, part of it was like just the quarantine. Like we we went on two months of dates where we didn't touch each other. That's kind of amazing, actually. Whoa. I kind of love that. That's so hot. Do you in feel a like way. intentionally yeah, it built? It did. And to be fair, like just in full disclosure, we did hook up twice before sure. quarantine. So looking back, it was so weird that we thought like, oh, we Went can't backwards. touch each other. Yeah. But he he has a roommate. I have a roommate. And we were like, we want to be safe. During quarantine, did you do sexy things like take off your clothes six feet apart and go, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, my God. I, we didn't do any of it. It's so weird. We did like some like light like phone sex like sexting yeah we never had phone sex we'd send each other pictures here and here and there but because we had only hooked up a couple times like to go full-blown phone sex is like it's a little intimidating yeah and you're like okay i guess i'm like really starting to get to know your body through facetime like that's so (laughs) psycho it's like before you even touch them you're like i love your mystery dick (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) well i kind of feel like i like this covid courtship because it's kind of like you really actually get to know if you like somebody and you really yeah. actually have to like because you're just basically chatting and that might sound unromantic. But like if the chat isn't good, nothing else is yeah. going to be good. Kind of. I totally. think the quarantine is really like kind of great for not just relationships, but also. Well, not yeah, I think it's really good for friendship as well. I feel like you really like cherry pick who you spend your time yeah. with and you really invest in them because you have to because you can't hang out with everybody. I don't know. It's like it's a challenge, but also I think it's a good thing. But Jamie, would you say that some friendships suffer just because people are on different wavelengths about their core? 100%. That is such a great point. Yes. Because I do think it it puts relationships closer. But also, like, I have these two really close friends. One of them, like, that we went to college together and we were, like, a trio. And, like, we're all in different spots about, like, COVID safety. Right. And it's such a stress because literally we, like, we, like, some, like, someone was, like, let's do a virtual game night. And it's, like, I'm done doing virtual game nights in L.A. with people I've who I've never done LA. a single one. I can't even imagine that being fun I at did, all. like, a cocktail hour. <laughs> the same it thing. sounds I'm just, so awful. I'm sorry. Like, it's Zoom bad. is for podcasts and Zoom is for work. Mm-hmm. Zoom is, like, not 
fun. No, it's not, it's not. I associate it no. with like get shit done. I'm not doing a murder mystery Zoom, okay? No. Like, shut the fuck up. No way. Mm-mm, I've played. Mm-mm. I've played many a many a Zoom game. I lo- I truly do really like them. Oh my god, <laughs> oh my god Skyler! Yeah, I, love, I love that actual uh, opposite oh opinion. Oh my god! I wish I had your. We played Settlers optimism. of Catan virtually a couple of times. It's Catan. It's very that's fun. a beautiful pronunciation. It's thank you. <laughs> it's very, I believe it's from Catan. the Catan region of Catan. Oh, cool. Wait, so Jimmy, what happened? You were like, I'm over it? Yeah. Oh my God. This is such a side thing. Sorry, I'm, we're going to go fine. so off. It's fine, girl. We oh, no, that's the podcast. It's all tangent. Yeah, it's a damn podcast. My dad said this, and it was like so weird. Like He was like, you know who you look like? Oh, Jason oh. Biggs. And I was Jason like, Biggs? And I thought that that's was so, so weird. Random. Like, my dad. I'm like, I feel like you don't even know me. <laughs> that's Wait, also, also, you don't look like him. That's the I, weirdest I thought it was twist cr- of it. I thought it was crazy. I really don't You're see like it. You're like a blonde almost, Jimmy. Yeah. It's also like no shade to Jason Biggs, but like he has like a very famous role, American Pie. And so like, is your dad like a big American Pie guy? And he's like, you know what? That reminds me of my son. Like, it's a very. Yeah, I don't. That's a good question. I don't right, know. Right. That's a very like Eugene Levy comment yeah. to make. <laughs> it's a very. Guys- Ada, yeah. <laughs> You guys, I just have to say that when I was literally 21, I was a waitress at this restaurant yeah. that is now closed called Rita Flora on La Brea. And the owner of the restaurant, who was like in her deep 40s, looked, was a Jewish woman, totally looked like my mom, definitely looked like we could be related. But she was 30 years older than me. And I was waiting on John Malkovich. And he comes up to me and goes, Rita? And I go, what? No, no, no. I'm, I'm 21. And he was like, oh, oh I'm so God. sorry. You just look so much like her. I, I was like, oh, I like was God. devastated. I almost had to like get a new, oh. whole new face. That's oh. like a death sentence. It's I mean, honestly, to ask if somebody's 30 years older than they are in L.A., it's like the fact <laughs> that I didn't run into the street and just get hit by a car is like, go me. OK, <laughs> but Jamie, I do have a question for you. Who were you this week? Ooh, OK, um, I think this week I was Charlotte, particularly when she's like navigating the self-help section of the bookstore (laughs) because I don't know what is happening to me, but like all I've been consuming is like different, not, not, yeah, no, I guess they are self-help books or like books, like teaching you about like your personality and like how to understand yourself better. And almost to the point where I'm, I've, I think I read two books recently because I was on an airplane. So I like breezed through one of them. I don't know. And they all kind of have different viewpoints on like life so it's like you you got a Brene Brown you've got like a Sheryl Sandberg and Adam Grant kind of being more like statisticky and then I was listening to like Abraham Hicks which is all like manifesty and I'm just like I just I'm like so sick of like trying to tap into myself (laughs) (laughs) I don't know I'm like I gotta I need a fucking novel fast like I just need straight fiction I'm gonna drop off so many books to you I have so many books please do um well actually it's funny that you say that because I think I'm the same this week I think I'm I would call myself a reverse Carrie because like Carrie hates therapy. She's like <laughs> hates doing self-reflection. She literally is hates it. And I literally had two therapists at the same time. I I just dropped one because I was like, this is crazy. I can't spend like every dollar I have. I just really liked both of them and they both really helped in different ways. But mm. one of my therapists, after I was complaining about like how I've been in therapy for 20 years, but I still haven't changed like major patterns. He basically was like, you can't talk your way out of problems, which is why talk therapy is cool, but it doesn't actually change your behavior because behavior changes subconsciously. And so you have to do meditations and guided visualizations and stuff. And he told me about these meditations to do a long time ago. And 
I keep being like, I want to change. I want to change. And he's like, okay, we'll do these religiously every day. And I was like, oh, but I don't want to like do anything. <laughs> and then for the last two weeks, I've been doing them every single day. Wow. And I actually do feel like more connected to myself, like less imposter syndrome. Wait, which ones are they? What meditations are they? I do the ideal parent meditation, the ideal partner meditation. And then this other, well, are they on YouTube? No, I can just quickly describe them as fast as possible. Ideal partner meditation is picturing you're doing something that you like. For me, it's either like making dinner in like a cozy cabin or taking a walk on the beach and you're with someone and they make you feel safe, secure, completely yourself. You feel completely relaxed. You feel completely loved. And you're basically just like learning how to feel relaxed and comfortable and loved if you're just not used to that. And the ideal parent meditation, if you have difficult relationships with parents, is you think of a really tough time in your life. Say, for instance, you had a hard relationship with your dad. You picture a father and just spitballing. I'm just spitballing here. I'm just like pulling it out of my butt. (laughs) But you picture a father and like it could be a silhouette. It could be an actor. It could be a cartoon. It doesn't matter what they are. It's just it could be Jason Biggs. It could be Jimmy Fowley. And basically you picture a hard time in your life that really happened. And you picture this parent being there for you in a way that you wish they were there. So they could be like, I love you. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Like they could be scratching your arm or bringing soup. But basically you're creating safety and security. Mm. And then the third meditation is just platonic. It's not a parent. It's not a partner. This is to create inner sense of safety and security, which is something I've been working on and inner confidence and inner whatever, just feeling really safe and secure with yourself and like, Mm -hmm good in the world basically that's and the third one is just a person it could be even a friend and just somebody who like looks at you with delight and empathy and loves being around you and just like makes you feel really good about yourself so it's basically like healing yourself from the inside out and i've been doing it for two weeks and i actually honestly feel like more confident in the world and like my feet are more on the ground which is so crazy that uh, that's awesome yeah that's no i don't think that's crazy at all every time i've ever done any kind of like hypnosis or meditations that are like geared towards something specific like what you're talking about i think it works so fast also some of it's a little placebo at first Mm -hmm. you're like i'm changing you know but but then i actually do think it works like it catches up well basically I i do like a 10 minute meditation to chill and then i just think of these things and then i just wake up when i want what were you going to say, awesome. Jimmy? Oh, I got um, hypnotized like oh. of four. I had such bad anxiety around auditioning like, wow. oh like God, seven I years ago. And like to the point where like I was the minute I got an audition, I would be in full blown like despair, freaking oh, wow. out about it, self-sabotaging. And I would go to these auditions and literally like I was so in my head. I And then I would be like, Jimmy, I'm, sh- I'm sure you're not that bad. And then I would look down at the casting assistant and they'd be like, because I, I was like fully blown and the, the listeners didn't see the face but i made a very specific he made a funny face, face guys did the hypnosis work it did i literally i oh. went i paid like i think 250 bucks got hypnotized went to an audition the next day I, and I i forgot everything that he said in the moment because i'm like out but that's then awesome I, that's the best yeah, kind it's like it was deep. so cool yeah. yeah and then i got there and like all his words came back to me in the moment like like i heard him say like you're gonna be so excited when you walk in Whoa, and you that's see bizarre. all these 
are creative people and they're some of the most creative people and you can't wait to just share what you can do and I had like this huge smile like you normally you sign in and you're like ew like oh my god this person works so much and I'm the you know and you just spiral I just felt so good it was the weirdest thing but then I tried tried to go back you heard his voice in your head or it felt like your own thoughts like did it feel it, it felt, felt like, like you heard thoughts. him. Okay. It, it felt like my own thoughts, but I was like, oh my God, this is what the hypnotherapist said. Oh my God. That's so cool. But Imagine being a hypnotherapist and dating and being like, you I, will love me that so would be, much. That would be so, that's so powerful. problematic. I know. They must have, they must have to take an oath. Like, yeah. <laughs> why are more yeah. people not getting hypnotized? Is I want to like, be hypnotized. I feel now. like all okay. I want to do is be hypnotized. G- go. I will totally share the person who Please. hypnotized me, but he did. He also, I tried to get hypnotized for something else and it just was not working at all. I went you to were like, like doing a chicken dance instead. <laughs> <on accident. laughs> I wish. No, I tried to get hypnotized because I was like, could not get over my ex. And I literally wow. like, was hemorrhaging money trying to get hypnotized to get over him like and it didn't work it did not work what worked wow. for that just okay. good old time just time just literally yeah. time and but i was doing the craziest things i like paid a shaman over the phone to like walk <laughs> me through like i was wait i love a phone I get shaman that. i love <laughs> I a think phone desperate, shaman desperate times calls for desperate measures like you yeah. have to do what you gotta do you gotta do and like absolutely wait what does point, a phone Rose shaman do jimmy like what do they, they tell you uh, it was so i i don't even know that i like feel comfortable sharing this okay, on, on a podcast but don't. i will basically like walking me through past lives like literally like just all this stuff that i don't even really believe in but it did give me like temporary relief and i was like whatever wow wow that's really that's really la yeah my life is like so dark (laughs) and your past your past lives too exactly well actually your life is so dark transitions great before we get into breaking down the show we just have a couple questions just because we're so happy to have you and also our audience and our listeners um may or may not know you i don't know and just in case we're just we want to get to know you a little bit so you went from my life is so dark and that transitions perfectly into the first question which is how did you get into comedy (laughs) that is such a good segue um i in college i had like i was like trying to be a dramatic actor i studied acting and a friend was like oh you should do improv and like i was super judgmental i was like I was so judgmental. I, I, I also was a full-blown alcoholic and, like, stripping. So I was just, like, you know, in probably living my worst life. Mm. And, um, and then I just ended up auditioning. He was like, you should really try. And I, I started doing improv, and I just loved it. I thought, like, how cool is it that you can make up a script like actors have the worst gig they wait so, for someone to tell them what to do yeah but worst. if you're a comedian if you're an improviser you get to do your own stuff and um i thought that was so liberating and so fun like the community of it and like just the idea that like um you know writing i never knew i could write and then like you know doing improv like sketch comedy is is pretty much hand in hand so yeah i just loved it and I was like, oh, man, I want to do this. So that's kind of how and I then, got into it. And then what happened from there? So you finished. So you got you were a groundling. Were you a groundling? I was in Sunday company. So I oh, actually. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I ended up um, I started taking classes there and I thought I, I thought it was so cool. Like Groundlings the, the perf- is amazing. It, it was. It was really cool. Also, just because like, I don't know if you guys felt like this. When you get to L.A., you literally don't know 
how people like you know other aspiring actors who are like at your restaurant you work at and you just think to yourself oh god i don't want this career but then like aside from super famous people who are the people who like make their career and and it was so cool to go to groundlings and see a show and be like wait yeah exactly like oh i see you in commercials or like it just gave you a sense of like oh this is actually a profession you can do right it gives you a trajectory yeah and then you also get to like hang out with people who are like really talented and you guys are all like classmates essentially totally yeah. was it pretty cutthroat there yeah that's a good I've heard, question i've heard i actually don't know that much about the ground lane yeah i think it's gay which i like about it yeah there's there's a lot of gay people it is cutthroat like so you would get cut at certain levels and it was just such a weird experience of like it's like community and fun and we're putting on a show and then all the groundlings would come and watch you and then you get a call the next day that's like hey the vote didn't go your way and you're like oh god you would spend years Wow. So I ended up getting cut like that moment, like in Sunday company, you, you do six months of Sunday company. And I was, I was able to do a full year and a half, which is the longest you go. Also Sunday company is like for anyone listening who doesn't know what it is. It's basically, correct me if I'm wrong. You get through all the levels of the groundlings and then you might get into Sunday company, but it's like not easy to get a spot. Am I, is that sort of it? That's a great way to describe it. Just like, it's the final level of the, school but it's basically like a mini snl because you do a brand new show every week oh shit i didn't realize that oh that's on sundays is that why it's called Mm -hmm. that god and big people come out of there kristen wick came out of there heidi gardner it's a lot of yeah yeah they were like early snl feeder yeah like will ferrell is a groundling uh most mccarthy yeah maya rudolph um Mm -hmm. like just some really great people who are you know, they really kind of focus on the acting side of it, like mm-hmm. and characters and like having a point of view as a character. So that was um, I just loved it. And then I even got the opportunity to teach there mm. after I was done. Got and that. that was really cool. And it's really I cool. just loved it. I have some of my best friends. And then but also there's like and I get it, like some people leave that program feeling just pissed the fuck off. Mm. I know for me, I just was like, oh, I got cut right before main company. And I was like it is what it is like i'm i'm not sitting here like spinning theories of why i didn't get in it's like a bunch of people voted and more people didn't want me in it so i'll just do my own thing and it kind of motivated me in a good way just like because i I never would have done videos i never would have like i was gonna say it kind of it's like all right well door closes like a window opens kind of thing and then you kind of have a chip on your shoulder you're like all right i'm just gonna not like I'm going to show them. I'm sure they don't even give a shit, but like more like show myself and like push myself, you know, I don't know if you guys are like this, but like if someone's like, you can do it, you got this. I'm like, whatever. But if someone's like, yeah, you'll never make it. I'm like, I'm going to prove you. That's wrong. how I am. A hundred percent. Anytime I get like horribly rejected, I have like my day of feeling bad about myself. And then the next day I'm like, it's fucking on. Yeah. Like, it's such a kick in the ass. Rejection totally is. is like, it can be so good in so many yeah. ways. Because it pushes you. I, mu- I must ask about the one man show that you co-wrote with Jordan Black. Tell us about your inspiration for that show. For people who don't know about it, give us a little yeah. spiel. So basically in, um, it was after my time in Sunday Company. And then I had seen La La Land, which if you, if you I know. I didn't like La La Land. 
Yeah, a lot. It's very polarizing. Yeah. Emma Stone does this one woman show in in the movie Mm -hmm. and you don't like see it, but you get a sense of it. Like you see like her set, you see this old timey radio and a top hat and like, (laughs) but it's confusing because you're like, what is this fucking show that she's doing? It's called So Long Boulder City, which that's where she's from in the movie. So you're like, okay, it's it's about her hometown, I guess. But then like. Anyways, from watching the movie, I I was so frustrated because I was like, what? I want to know more about this show she does in the movie because it shows the opening night and no one comes. There's like eight people in the audience and everyone knows if you live in L.A. like and you do your first show, you can wrangle up a crowd. You right. Know what I mean? Yeah. Unless there are people out here who like so, want to see stuff. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's like your friends that you guilt. Totally. All she had was like literally seven people in the audience. When people were leaving the show, it shows her in the dressing room hearing through a radiator, two guys go, oh, my God, that was the worst show I've ever seen. And you're like, "Okay, I guess she's untalented. She (laughs) packs her bag. She moves home to Boulder City, Nevada. And then she gets a call that the, the top casting director in all of L.A. was at her show. Wait, that's and hilarious. She has an audition I mean, for a movie that really films in Paris. You're like, what? That's not like that is not at all how it this works. This is very A to Z, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, wait, I missed something. Wait, so there were seven people in the audience. Two people said it. She was terrible. And then one person. <laughs> and, then one, like, and then the most important casting person is like, yeah. I see something. But do you see how like frustrating it was? It's just like just. It was her first show too. It's like, like the, no the reality that was good. is, yeah. Like the reality is, she would, she was only out in LA. I think like three years or like maybe five years. So you're like, she's just getting warmed up, and then she becomes a huge star. So it was just like, so anyways, I was like, I'm gonna write her show. So we, I started so watching funny. all her, all the movie a bunch of times. This is the fucking funniest idea. It's ever. such a, it's such a great premise. It is so good. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think from just the idea of like, I, how can I create the most annoying show <laughs> and tie in details? Because it was, it was basically like making fun of one person shows, and I would watch, I would watch the movie back, and I would like pause because you can see if you pause the movie you can see like on a napkin she would write little dialogues like, remember that scene where wow. she's writing you really did you your homework see, yeah, wait wait, totally, wait sorry just tell me the scene again because I want to jog my memory she she's she gets honked at by Ryan Gosling who's outside and she's sitting with her roommates writing on a napkin yes yes I remember film, okay yeah if you pause the film you can see she has dialogue written and it's like um it's like um <laughs> Oh, what's the name of it? It's like, this is not the name, but it's like, Patricia walks out smoking a cigarette in a trench coat. She stops, startled. It's like, <laughs> who is this person? Like, and why is she in a trench coat? So, like, we would do all that and, like, you know, tie in and, like, her, we basically had a take that her aunt, you know how she sings that song about her aunt in Paris and jumping yes, over anyways, Yes, 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 I do remember that. Yeah, we took the idea that her aunt was actually mentally ill and like Oh my and so, god. Anyways, it was super it was super fun. This it was, is my husband's favorite movie, by the way. So is it? this wow. is like Wait, this is fascinating. Oh, the biggest I did not know Dan loved loved So yeah. Jimmy one of his like I would say top three, three to five. I love yeah. that. When when your show came out, I mean that got a lot of buzz. Did that 
was that a boost for your career? Like what happened after that? Because I, I know a lot of my friends who are like comedy writers and actors saw it and loved it. And I'm sure oh, like you. the comedy community was like, I'm sure there were like reps and stuff. It was so I really honestly almost didn't do the show initially because I'm like, Jimmy, write a pilot. You're not going to do this one woman show. This is really such a waste of your time because you think about all the things you're trying to do to angle like your next step. But I was like, whatever, it'll just be fun. I'll have a laugh. Like it'll be for my friends. So I really honest to God wasn't expecting that. Like it became like, I think because people can really rally around something that's just stupid. (laughs) And so like, it was so weird. Like it's, it got written up in all these magazines and all these legit theater critics started coming to it. That's amazing. And like all these huge stars came and would like tweet about it. And it it was amazing. And it was just, that is so cool. Jimmy, what was the best one that you got that you were just like, Oh my fucking God. Um, like John early came and like was super sweet about it. And he, and he's super fun, like funny and cool. And like, and also like one time we were getting ready to, um, like also it was sometimes weird like Constance Wu came I'm like that's so random to me (laughs) and she like tweeted and um but like we were like the theater like intern came out and like roped off like a row of seats and we didn't really do that because like we had a seat saved for Ryan Gosling's character, like oh saved for Sebastian, because so he never funny. he never came to see Emma Stone's oh show. God. It's part of the reason they bro- break up. So I didn't want to have a bunch of seats like taped right. off because it took away that from the is, joke. Right. Yeah. And I and I was like, um, oh, like, oh, we don't really tape off seats. And then the th- theater intern was like, oh, someone asked for it. And I was like, who was it? And she's like, just looked at me like flatly. She's like, um, Melissa McCarthy. What? And I was like what she came to your show yeah and she was like sitting like third row and i was like making heavy eye contact with her as i like screamed at the top of my lungs where did you do this show was it it's at this theater called celebration theater shout out to nathan frizzell who set it up but um yeah it's like this random kind of like hole in the wall theater is that like one of those like santa monica theaters yeah it's 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 not on that row, but it's in like Hollywood. by the pack. Okay, got it. Yeah, but it oh. it's like kind of like an LGBT based theater. But yeah, no, it was That's just awesome. That's awesome. It was so cool. And then we ended up going to New York and like, and then we were like performing like eight shows a week. Holy That's shit! That's so cool. And then it was that like, is so cool. Yeah, it was really cool. I but, can't- Oh, I was just I just can't get over that premise. I love that premise so it's much. Truly just genius. thank you. Wait, uh, Jimmy, I have a question. Um, because we're going to get into our episode. <laughs> this is a sex in the city podcast. We swear. Um, how did you, so you have this like very hilarious take on Carrie Bradshaw and you did, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but you did a series where you're Carrie essentially during COVID. And I'm just curious, like how you came up with that character. Cause it's a very specific take on Carrie. If you want to like elaborate on that. A oh, totally. Bit. So basically, I just um, people would always say that I looked like actually this is such a great segue because when I played Emma Stone, people were like, that looks like Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, they would always say that female drag. You look a little like SJP. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And not enough like Emma Stone. Unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. That was and still nothing like Jason Biggs. Yeah. I stand by it. <laughs> that's you guys. That's going to be so my bring next back, celebrity okay? impression. Um, yeah. People would, people would say I looked like her. I like, I, um, I ended up like testing for SNL to like a year ago. And the fact that when, you aren't on it right now is psychotic to me, by the way. Thank you. I know it's, 
whatever. Now, I think it's ho- I think that Hollywood is homophobic because there. I think some of the funniest people are queer, and like yeah. I remember, like five or six years ago, I was friends with Jordan Firstman, and him and Drew Drogi had a pilot, and like Comedy Central was like, yeah, maybe in five years or something. But right now, people don't want like a gay comedy, and it's just like these insanely talented people making this yeah. stuff still with these like gatekeepers, you know? Totally. Which is why it's the internet's so cool. Cause like, look at Jordan Firstman, like blowing the fuck up and like, truly is he's so good, but Oh yeah. So my take on Carrie was like, so when I auditioned for SNL, I was going to do a Holly Hunter impression, which was horrible. Oh but then <laughs> when so I came so up, yeah. funny. <laughs> Um, and some that is so <laughs> funny just like so random like a- an impression that no one has asked for and so I ended up oh, someone so was like good. oh you look like Sarah Jessica Parker and so um, I was like oh I'll just do her typing you know because she's all like I yes. felt like I could my what I say when I do her is I'm very Muppety because she is a little bit like she's like slinking around and she's like rolling her eyes and she's like so my take was like, oh, she's just like of her, the character that I, when I write her voice, I write her like a little bit misguided and delusional and like obviously like self-centered, but I actually always liked Carrie. Um, but I think that's what, what happens when you parody someone, the people who love the character love it, but the people who hate the character also love it. It's this weird. Right. That's oh yeah. Song. Cause it's kind of a catch all. Like there's yeah. something in it for everybody. Yeah. That, that's such a great word use of the word catch all, which I never understood until you just said it right now. <laughs> I don't even know if I used it correctly. I but think it you felt, did. It sounded good, but I think it's interesting that you bring up this point. Cause it's also like, I don't know what I always think of like celebrities who get made fun of on like SNL or anything. I'm always like, Oh, are they like offended by that? Like, but mm-hmm. I guess there is like, there is also something An like homage. honorable. Yeah. About, yeah. yeah, exactly. Where you're like, I guess I'm so me mm-hmm. that people, I'm so Holly Hunter <laughs> that like there's something that can be taken away that's very specific. Chloe Feynman yeah. does a good job with that because like she did this Drew Barrymore impression and Drew like loved it and re-Instagrammed yeah. it. And so it's like, I guess there's a way to do it. Or maybe it's, it's just like the mean, highest honor. Yeah. I don't know. Totally. It's, it's interesting because I even with, like, especially with that one, I was like, oh, I could see Drew Barrymore seeing this and being like, oh, that's a little hard. Especially because yeah. it's like about her new show. Like, obviously, I'm all behind Chloe's impressions. They're fucking hysterical. But I was like, I hope Drew Barrymore has a good sense of humor yeah. about this, which apparently she very much does. She loved it. Before we get into the app, can I ask Jimmy one more question? Last one. No. Oh, were you a big fan of <laughs> Sex in the City? Like, did you do you know the show very well? I'm not a stan. I definitely watched it. I loved it. I but I'm not like, here's the thing. I know you guys are like, Stand-ups. like, I was actually nervous to go like, you know, head to head. I feel like I can definitely know the it world. Is, it is competitive out Skylar here. Skylar had never seen it. I'm watching Skylar it for had the first never time. seen it. I've seen it the most. Rose is like second most seen it, and Skylar is just now watching it's cash. it for the first time. So it's very cash. Can I ask? You've got you guys, all levels here. I I know this like you probably have covered this in many podcasts, but I'm just ask curious away. personally for for you guys. What's your like favorite thing? Like what you feel like drew you in that you love the mm. most? Oh, that's a really, that's a good, really question. good question. What drew us in? You know what I think it is is like I love talking like. Talking is like my hobby. It's like like more than sports or like roller skating. Like I love to talk and like the way I feel close to people is through talking. Like my friendships are so t- verbal and like I think I love how I mean, it, it's kind of crazy that it's such good TV because it's like the conversations they have are so funny mm-hmm. and interesting and vulnerable and they tackle things that are on my mind. So 
I just love like the com the friendship conversations. I just find them that's really, a really good answer. Yeah. yeah it just great. feels like this is what I, this is what I like to do with my friends. This is to me like a fantasy, just like eating yes. great food, wearing great outfits and talking to my friends. Like there's nothing more <laughs> than I true. want. I think that, yeah, I think that you nailed it. I think for me, it definitely is like, it's, it's a mood. Like it's visually stimulating. I love New York. I love the clothes. And then like, I also think the characters are so rich and it's almost there is an element of like you're living out your best life through them yeah and i always come back to it when anytime i'm going through a hard time ever in my life i start from like i kind of skip season one i start from like <laughs> season two and i just start binge watching and there's something about it that like soothes my soul more than like even like talking to a therapist yeah. i'm like this just heals me that's so cool. I also, I, for me, again, watching it for the first time, it's been one of the things I've been finding so fun about it is like, obviously all of us here are such enormous comedy fans and it has such great, like actual, like hard comedy beats that yeah. I just like totally. love. Like so there, there is real pathos and grounding and like nicely drawn characters. But then also like we just covered the episode where Carrie goes on the date with the guy who gets two pigeons on his head. And it's like, <laughs> it was it's like, so that good. was so good. The show can have both extremes, like, which I think is great. Like there are very, there aren't that many shows that actually can have swing can, can hit both of those ends, which I, yeah. is amazing. That's, that's really cool. And there should, that should be something that's aspired to more and more things, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's so good. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Okay, Jimmy, you want to take us in? Okay, yes. Okay, guys. So Jimmy Fowley is joining us for season six, episode three. It's called The Perfect Present. Rose, kick us off. Thanks, girl. So the episode starts with Carrie seeing Burr's place for the first time. I actually was shocked. I thought it was going to be a dump. I, I was surprised that it looked no, as good he, as it he, did. Yeah, he, he has his shit together, kind of. And she's impressed. No dead bodies, no pleather. The apartment is pretty normal. He explains Lauren, his ex, decorated it they quickly move past that into sex after which they try and sleep carrie can't however because lauren also got burger a rainforest themed noise machine <laughs> which was insane and carrie's just gonna have to deal with frog croaks and lauren's looming presence all night later the core four head to their friend victoria played by jennifer coolidge's purse party victoria just went through a breakup and she's really going through it when did making bags become the fallback career? Someone should tell Crazy that owning a hot glue gun does not make you a hot purse designer. Don't call her crazy. Look at this. I'd rather carry a colostomy bag. Ladies, these aren't bags. They're baggage. We are standing among the ruins of her last relationship, and it was one ugly breakup. I resent this. The only one who should have to pay for a bad relationship is the person in your next relationship. True, and here's hoping that isn't me. Last night, Berger started opening the X-File. Fascinating. What do you know so far? Well, her name is Lauren. She bought him a sharper image sound machine. She's a monster. I mean, we just started dating. Do I really need to hear about the X already? 
Yes, the sooner the better. Maybe it should be the later the better, or better yet, the never the better. That's good tuna. Carrie, you have to know where he's been so you know what you're getting. As long as what you get doesn't itch, I say you're fine. Look, he has a past, I have a past. Do our pasts really have to have a present? Yes! At least find out how they broke up. That will tell you a lot about their relationship. See, I was hoping to skip all that and start fresh this time. Is that crazy? No. Here it comes crazy. Look at this one. Little shoes. Isn't this fun? Who needs a balding 38-year-old boyfriend with erectile dysfunction when you can have a new career and cute cater waiters? Excuse me. Champagne for the girls. Have fun. Katie. Hi. Jeez. Hey, doesn't that waiter look familiar? I fucked him. Oh, <laughs> that guy. It's that waiter from Raw, also known as the best sex I've had in years. Okay, wow. First of all, I kind of wish that the script was a little funnier in the scene because you have Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, I feel like she just pops in for two seconds. It's sort of like not a great use of her. No, and she doesn't get any amazing jokes. Like, I see her and I smile because I'm like, oh, oh, it's coming. And it just doesn't come. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like a... Yeah, it just feels... She feels underserviced. A little bit. I really wanted... Especially because, like, she's going through a breakup and she's making bags and the bags are, like, disgusting looking. (laughs) It's just like... It's so funny. You want to, like, spend more time in that world. It's also kind of funny because it's like... Fashion is so completely arbitrary that it's like, yes, the bags look stupid and cheap, but Gucci could put those out tomorrow and people would be like, oh my God, do you have that like trashy, hilarious fur bag? And then people would like it. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like the 90s fully came back and stuff that's considered really stupid looking is Mm -hmm. now like, I mean, Elaine's like cotton floral dresses are popular now. Hugely popular. I never thought I'd see the day. Yeah. Well, Jimmy, question for you. Have you ever seen someone whose ex looms over everything like Lauren it's with Burger? L- it's literally me to myself. <laughs> like, I feel like my my current boyfriend had to put a boundary where he told me, like, please stop talking about your ex. Wow. Because oh I, my God. I it's just my thing. I'm just very I get very attached to people and I. And I just like don't have good boundaries naturally, you know, and but also like there's a part of me like I really get where Burger was coming from because it's like she was a part of his life. And it's like he doesn't realize that it's like it's such a buzzkill when you talk about yes. your ex yes. because it's like it brings them. It really does like Carrie's line. It brings them into the present. It's like. I think part of it is like the past is over. Like it's a chapter closed Mm -hmm. and I feel like I live with like all my chapters open and I'm like, let me tell you a hilarious story. And people are like, that's hurtful to me. Like, you know what I mean? Cause they're like, well, is it like a romantic story? Like, let me tell you the story when we were like, drinking margaritas in Cancun. And I was sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it's like I put an X down or, um, like sometimes but sometimes it's even weird. Like, like I, f- I think on subconscious, subconscious level, I w- am not over the person where I'll be like, not that I have any feelings, but I'm just like reliving like just stupid stuff. Like we were watching, um, I know what you did last summer. And I just was like, my ex totally looked like Freddie Prince jr. His mm-hmm. hair was exactly the same. And yeah. my boyfriend's like, can you stop? Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely in my relationship. The one who like brings up past relationships and like, my husband literally like, yeah, like never says a word about anyone. And I'm like, 
oh yeah my my high school boyfriend my college boyfriend <laughs> like, oh, okay. that being said <laughs> i didn't think that burger was rubbing anything in her face she was literally like oh i like the wallpaper he's like oh yeah she chose it oh i like this thing it's not like he was being like yeah you know what i mean he was cool i mean he was he just- was cool but i kind of wish burger would like just be like thanks and just let okay. it go you guys un- unpopular opinion I tell think, me i think burger is hot we think he's hot too are you kidding he's so fucking hot he's really hot that's why his like complicated personality is a bit of a bummer because yeah i yeah he's is so it an hot. unpopular opinion that ron livingston is, is hot i don't feel like he's ever been labeled like he wasn't considered hot because he's the space. funny guy yeah. that's interesting He's kind of like funny office space guy. But was office space already out when this episode? I don't came? know. I think it was before. I I think well, so. Well, here's the thing. I think part of the hot He's thing about stud. him is that it was out. You know, he looks alternative. This was like early 2000s. He looks kind of grungy. He looks kind of smart. He's a writer. Like he just seems cool. Like as opposed yeah. to like the square of all squares, big who like drinks red wine and listens to like dean martin you know? oh my god i know we're not there yet but what the hell no, was me. the background on the hot tub like <laughs> please tell oh, me you i mean it was that. like green screen i was like what is this i love it was that a so screensaver much. it was like a weird sunset it was like a venice beach wall mural it was literally my desktop <laughs> it was literally my desktop <laughs> it really did look like that it was one of those things where like you can't always tell that they like built this thing on a soundstage, but that was the soundstagiest. Like, let's put a hot tub and a little like veneer behind yeah. Chris Noth. It's so funny. It's it was so bad. Tr- it, yeah, it looked. Yeah, it looked like in Austin Powers when he like <laughs> so goes to a lot of vaginas. Yeah. Yes. Like, isn't that isn't that where it was so, when yeah. she was in the hot tub? I think that I don't, can't even believe that I remembered that. I have a semi buzzkill observation. Okay. G- okay. The, the episode before this was like fucking hysterical and this one i feel like wasn't that funny and even in this Mm. scene they were being really like the the dialogue was like snip snap snip snap like the past is my present the present is my future surprise like the the dialogue was very like on but i didn't feel like sometimes there's like incredible jokes i i didn't feel that this episode did you guys Hmm. i don't think i noticed did you notice that jimmy no i didn't i didn't but now that you're saying that that actually makes sense I feel like sometimes I LOL out loud. I just feel like I don't know. I feel like every I think because the episodes are so formulaic and that's like sort of a Michael Patrick King thing. I feel like it's all like almost you're probably right, Rose. But like in my head, I'm like, here we go again. Like it's, it's just still kind fun of, and hits the beats. It is. But, it is. But, I know. Yeah. But sometimes there's just these like, you know, yeah, Rose, if you had a pitch, like what would be your like perfect thing in the episode? Like if that would happen, if, if you were the, that's a if fun you, question, if you were like the writer of this episode. Yeah. What would we change? I think that Maya, Ru- I mean, sorry, not Maya Rudolph. I think uh, Jennifer Coolidge would have a bigger arc like throughout the thing. Mm-hmm. And I think her I thought her, you know, when she eventually I mean, we're kind of getting ahead, but she eventually catches Samantha and fucking Smith. Who's very, yeah. very hot, by the way. Very. Like yeah. even with that horrible hair, but but I wanted like the ex to come back, and I thought it would be funny if she was like, yeah. "I'm empowered, I'm doing my purses," and then he comes back, and she's just like, "Bye guys, I miss you." Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so true. Yeah, I mean, I think that honestly, like, it's just there just was not enough Coolidge. That's how I yeah. feel. It was not fucking cool, or not an, or not enough Maya Rudolph, according to Rose's subconscious. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. I think she did want Maya in this episode. Yeah, I. Oh, I was just gonna say really quick. I love Jennifer Coolidge. Also, 
Speaking of American Pie, she's Stifler's mom. We all love it. Oh, she oh. is Stifler's mom. God, great connection Icon, there, Skylar. She's she's so brilliant, and in like the Christopher Guest movie, she's like the funniest person. But so funny to the point of like, I, there is one moment with her that I think is really funny, but it's not even her character. It's when they actually she actually catches Samantha fucking the caterer. Yeah, and they yeah. are fucking against a whole stack of glasses, yeah. and it's just like she's just alerted because there's this rhythmic. Yes. against glasses which is such a funny goofy decision i i really liked that but yes oh, yeah. I, I agree it's a little subdued relative and her delivery when she catches them she's like it's my curse party <laughs> like it's so yeah. it's i mean everything she says she's one in a million jam. she should be she's in amazing everything. there's no one like yeah. her okay so okay take us back in i will well the purses fly off the shelves victoria okay this is basically what we just said here's a weird knocking sound it's samantha fucking the hot waiter from raw again i mean i also have to say the fact that they choose this guy for the one for Samantha to fall in love with is so awesome because he's so fucking hot. And there's so many guys that the girls end up with that they're like, isn't he hot? And I'm like, <laughs> like the, the dude <laughs> casting got better as the show went on. This guy is legitimately fucking hot. Yeah, there were some grossies. Yeah. Early so on. basically, Victoria does not take it well. She storms back into the party, rips a purse out of a woman's hands and yells at everyone to get out. The next morning, Charlotte heads to her first official conversion class. Ever the straight-A student, she's raising her hand, answering the rabbi's questions left and right. Unfortunately, that's not all it takes to become a Jew. The rabbi says she'll also have to get a mikvah, a ritual Jewish baptism, and give up Christmas, which she isn't sure she's ready for. Over at Miranda's, Steve shows up 20 minutes late. Debbie, the woman he's seeing drove him in her car that broke down and he had to take a cab. Miranda doesn't want to hear about it. Miranda is not interested in Steve's love life and takes off. Back with Charlotte, she presses Rabbi Minch. Can't she still have at least a Christmas tree? Rudolph, Christmas anything? He says absolutely not. And back at Carrie's, she's just drifting off to sleep without Burger when her phone rings. It's big. He wants to talk old hookups, which she explains the next day at lunch. So what'd you do last night? I oh, nothing. I went to bed early. Had accidental phone sex with Big. What? Brunch is suddenly looking up. Well, actually, he had phone sex. I was on the other end trying to figure out a polite way to get out of it. Turns out, there is no polite way to get out of phone sex. <laughs> this is. I wasn't aware that you and Big had phone sex. Occasionally, since he moved away. You have phone sex? Well, I prefer to think of it not as phone sex so much as a trip down memory lane. Well, the next time he calls, just tell him that you're in a serious relationship with Burger. But I'm not in a serious relationship with Burger. We're still just dating. It's, it's good dating, but we don't know where it's going yet. Well, you're never going to know where it's going if you keep reminiscing with Big. One doesn't have anything to do with the other. I just don't know why you want to drag all that Big baggage into the new relationship. It's not baggage, it's biggage. And Big is no oh more God. threat to Burger than Lauren I is to me. Thank you. It's all in the past. And on your phone bill. He called me. I'm a lady. <gasps> oh, come on, pudding. Hey. I'll get you pacified. Yeah. Look at all the shit Steve has in here. Oh, honey, isn't the baby birth control enough? They're Steve's. And Debbie's his new girlfriend. That's her name. Debbie. Where are they doing it, Jimbery? Debbie does daycare. <laughs> Oh, honey, relax. I have those in my mouth all the time. Oh, Samantha, you little minx. 
the the biggage the biggage line gets me. It's not baggage. It's biggage. I know. I was like, come on, guys. See, there was a bunch of groaners in in here. Even like Debbie. That does, is a big groaner. That's a huge groaner. I I, I laughed at Debbie does daycare. You did. I did. Not the first time I've or the first twenty times I've seen this, but just now when I heard the clip, that did make me like chortle a little. <laughs> Um, I have a question for you, Jimmy. Have you ever had an on again, off again thing as lasting as big and carry? Um, yeah. Like how long is there on again, off again thing? Seven years. Great question. Seems like a few years. Yeah, it's kind At least of five just seasons. Like, definitely. Yeah. Definitely five seasons, whatever that means in human years, actual time. Yeah. Two, um, two boyfriends ago, we were like stretched out. I mean, I'm, I feel like you're really getting a sense of like a look into my really disturbed <laughs> dating life. Oh my but God. We're all disturbed. Please two, bring it on Two like in college for like all four years. We were like together, not together. And then two boyfriends ago, this guy who like now we're like fr- friends. We just had the most toxic back and forth to the point when I would mm. say to friends, Hey, like I'm, I'm hanging out with, um, I won't say his real name. I'll like make up a name, like him hanging out with Brian again. They would literally be like, are you serious? Like they would just look at me like, God, they wouldn't even, I had no one left to like support it. That's why, like, that's why I think, I think that is sort of what happens. And it is interesting how like the, the girls in this situation, like they're, it's interesting that like this has gone on even longer than what you're describing. And they're still like kind of here for it. Yeah. Like, like, you know what I mean? They're not like, shut it down, Carrie. We don't want to hear it. They're like, they're entertaining. It. And it's also funny because it's like when you th- think that like they ended up getting married in the movie and he stood her up on the altar like that shit is like I feel crazy. like r- really the friends would have left like friends would have <laughs> been like I can't support this marriage like they're like my right? own therapist has told me that this is like absolutely <laughs> toxic to be even to even know you exactly have you guys how long have you been married Jamie I've been married four years now. But when I was, I had a college boyfriend who we like didn't have the courage to actually like formally break up because we were so just like engrossed in each other's lives. So then we did this like really awkward sort of trickle, trickle out, a fade out. And then when that phase started, shit got really complicated because we weren't officially broken up. Like we never said the words, but then like we just started like fucking other people. And then if I found out I would like want him back so oh bad, my God. I was like, I was just like devastated that he would sleep with anyone else. Cause I would talk to him every single day after work. And like, yeah, it was just like, Oh yeah. Like there are other people out there. Like this thing is over, but we haven't sort of like tied it up in a neat package. So I feel like that's my closest to this where it just kind of kept going and then I would be like, take me back. And then we would like hook up and then yeah. we would sort of like leave each other again. Yeah. It's so relatable. I've never had anything like that, but I've been a, I'm a, I'm currently a friend to somebody. One of my closest friends has been in like a 10 year on and off thing that like none of us will hear about anymore because it's toxic. What and do you I, do if she's like, can I, will she be like, can I tell you one thing? And then will you be like, I know, or like, well now I feel like she has a better handle on it, but in the thick of it. I think I just got to a point where it's like, you know how I feel about it, you know, good luck. And I don't want to talk about it. Like I can't go over the same thing again and again. It's just totally 
it's also I feel like those relationships, it's so hard because when people finally say, hey, I can't talk about it anymore. It's typically like so toxic that it's all they can talk about and it's all they want to talk about. So it's like this yeah. giant like elf in the room. It's like, OK, we won't talk about it. And then they're like, OK, well, I had a friend that I'm not friends with anymore, kind of because of that. She was a real she is a really talented writer, director. She's stunning. She's a lovely person. But she was so I've never met somebody more obsessed with their ex in my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was the 24 hour conversation and he happened to be British. And if I literally said, oh, my God, I just watched the great British baking show. She'd be like, stop, stop talking about that. We do not say British. Like I was like, this is crazy. Like it was just like everything was a landmine. Everything was a trigger. That was too hard. Like I couldn't really do that. That's really. Yeah, that's really, really hard, actually. Yeah. But um, I think that this whole scene is kind of interesting because I never think big is hot, but maybe I'm just in a horny COVID mood. But I kind of thought that was kind of hot that they were having phone sex. I don't know. I also think on some level, big is sort of what's missing about Burger. Yeah. Confidence. And like, yeah. Or like, yeah, I guess confidence is like definitely the best way to describe it. But it's also like, I think he just kind of owns himself in this way that, yeah, it's just sort of missing. But he's so sleazy. Don't you think he's just like, like the way he's like, remember that dress I got you that (laughs) fell off the side. Like, I would be like, what? Like if someone called me and like, I don't know, maybe if you're like, if you're horny though, you'd be into it. I guess you're right. I just, I think he just like in that hot tub in front of that fake background <laughs> sipping red wine. It also sounds kind of lonely. It's like being in like a gorgeous hot tub with like a bouquet of flowers behind yeah. you alone. It's like, I'm how sitting fun here is that? by myself, just me and the Jets. Yeah. You're like, okay, man, that's not, that's not that hot. But there's something about Big. He almost has no sense of humor or something, even though Carrie finds him hilarious, <laughs> which I don't, I've never understood. Wait, that is so She's funny. like constantly right. cracking up. I'm like, he, contributes nothing humor wise but he's like he's just like a stump of a person but he sort of has this like old hollywood kind of like hey girl what you wearing you know like, like i'm in the hot tub I'm to Frank Sinatra. You know? yeah and you're just like you're an alien but i guess because you believe your bullshit so much that i'm attracted to it like it's not an act yeah. this is fully who you are totally it is so it is at least he knows of, who he is yeah you're right i mean it is you're kind so of right. i mean I we all talk about like all the time how insane it is that Carrie is like so mesmerized by this like dorky Wall Street guy who's like he's like hey kid it's like we're the same age like everything about him is so dorky (laughs) yeah yeah God that's so that's such a good point but I'm horny so that when I watched it and he was like remember when you're like you took off like one strap and the other one fell down I was like then what happened (laughs) I was like into it oh my God but you know what honestly like it will there is something to be said about like to your point Jamie about like laughing about someone who's really not funny but like when you're attracted to someone or if someone's hot <laughs> you can't help it like I remember a gr- like years ago a grinder hookup came over and it was like this super hot French guy who was like truly unfunny and oh, yeah. you would have yeah, thought yeah. it was like me chilling with amy schumer just like laughing my head <laughs> off at everything he did he was actually <laughs> not funny and I, I was like under a spell so i will say that that is real that's hilarious oh, yeah under under the spell is exactly what it is yeah carrie is under big spell because what he actually presents is not 
Like it's yeah. not great. Personality wise, money wise, he's killing uh, it. What do you guys think about Miranda being a total biatch to Steve? Or, or no, she's not yet. But what do you think about her finding the condoms in the purse? There was like a fun little gag when the baby like put it in his mouth. I was like, and the, I kind of laughed out loud when S- Samantha was like, oh, trust me, I have them in my mouth all the time, which also, oh my God. So wait, what's it? I don't, I do have a lot of straight friends, but like, I feel like I don't know. Do people don't wear condoms anymore, right? Not really. I think adults in their thirties, like just do birth control and like, just yeah. have sex. Okay. I'm going to say something. And I don't know if I, I feel like strange putting this, the whole thing of like, cause she was like, I had a condom in my mouth. I imagine like giving her blow giving blowjobs with condoms. And I was like, what? Yeah. It didn't like, track I guess for she me just me- Like, why? Like, I guess she was like relubing it. Or is it the putting it on? Putting it on. Yeah. Oh, putting it. On. I also know people who have what? given given oral sex to condoms. I swear to God. Wait, you have or haven't? Yeah. Like a, this was like so long ago, like 12, 12 years ago when I was in college. Okay. I remember this like one of my this guy who's in my acting class. He was like dragging this girl. He's like, yeah, he's like, I'm telling you, I was hooking up with this Jewish girl and she put on a. She tried to give me a blowjob with a condom on, and everyone was like, "Mike, are you talking about your girlfriend?" Which, by the way, he was dating this Jewish girl. Who do you literally <laughs> this Jewish girl? I'm like, you were the worst. Wait, this Jewish girl? It's like his full committed relationship. He like goes over for Hanukkah. He just always phrases it that way. Oh my god! He's like this chick I was seeing for the past bunch of years and have a committed relationship with. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, so. Back at Samantha's, she and the hot waiter hook up again. And as he's, you know what? I'm just realizing that I'm in a horny mood because this whole episode turned me on, I have to say. Because the Samantha, the Samantha well, waiter. The humor thing, didn't do it for you, so this is great. <laughs> yes. As he's getting dressed for work, she hands him $300 to make up for getting him fired from Victoria's catering gig. He does not take it well. He says she's out of her fucking mind and heads out. Over at Burgers, Carrie reads the paper while Burger gets ready to meet some writer buddies for breakfast. Just as he's heading out the door, however, he gets a call. It's Lauren, his ex-girlfriend. As soon as her voice comes through the answering machine, he yells, fuck you, at it and flips it off. Carrie takes that as a bad sign and meets up with Samantha to discuss. Something is up with the guys they're seeing, but neither of them is sure what. And Miranda catches up with Steve to talk about the condoms in Brady's diapers bag. It does not go great. He's super defensive. Can't a guy have sex with Debbie while his baby's asleep? And she's defensive. Can't her baby's father keep his condoms away from their baby? While they argue, Brady takes a nosedive off the couch, after which Steve leaves. Charlotte, meanwhile, breaks out her Christmas tree one last time. She's serious about converting, but she wants to see what she's giving up, even though it's July. Harry catches her in the middle of hanging her grandmother's rare blue nativity ornament and tells her she's welcome to keep Christmas. Tons of Jews do, but Charlotte won't let herself. Also, when she says it's a rare ornament because it's blue, I'm like, I don't think it's I was like, what are you rare. fucking talking yeah. about? That's literally crazy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's one of the main colors. Exactly. Like, what are we saying? Yeah, it's a rare blue ornament. <laughs> Back at Samantha, she wants to make up with the hot waiter, so she puts on a maid uniform and serves him with whipped cream. Also, any TV show or movie that has like whipped cream in a sex scene is hilarious. Oh, it looks so delicious. I know. <laughs> She also reveals that she doesn't same. She also reveals that she doesn't know his name, which he's fine with it. It's Jerry. And he's not just a waiter. He also acts, which Samantha does not love. But they still end up sleeping together. That night at Burgers, Carrie cannot sleep. The double finger flip off to the answering machine is still weighing on her. 
So she finally asks Berger what it was all about. It turns out Lauren cheated on him and that's why they broke up. Carrie appreciates him being open and she opens up too. Later at her place, she decides it's time to set things straight with Big. Hey, it's me. Well, hello there. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, Fucking sure. Dork. I'm just relaxing in my hot tub. A hot tub? Oh, shame on you. That is such a cliche. No, a jacuzzi is cliche. A hot tub is retro. <laughs> The laugh to that non-joke. Okay, okay. Hold on there, partner. This is not going to be one of those types of calls. What type of call? I was talking about when you lost your necklace in the Jets. Oh. But if you'd like to make it one of those phone calls, I'm $1.50 for the first minute and 50 cents for each additional. Please stop. (laughs) What's on your mind, baby? I was just calling to tell you that we won't be having... Any more of those calls. Oh, really? Why is that? Because we're just friends now. Those are friendly calls. I don't talk to my friends like that. I do. Well, maybe that's why you have so few. (laughs) You got me there. (laughs) I started seeing someone. Were you seeing someone the other night? Yes. But it just got serious. I see. So, I think we have to leave all that in the past. Consider it in the past. But we'll stay friends. Ah, friends. Good friends. Hmm. His name is Jack Berger. He's a writer as well. Okay, kid. Hey, give me a call sometime. Any kind of call you want. I mean, literally. Hello there. That is really dramatic. <laughs> you really appreciate it more when you're just getting the audio. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, like, you can is, like, yeah, it like insane. goes into your body. Yeah. But I will say even watching it, like I thought the ending was so spooky where she's like, I'm seeing someone. His name's Jack Berger. Like you're telling him his. Why are you telling him the name? Why would he care? And then he's like so abrupt. He's like, "Give me a call sometime, kid. (laughs) Any call." It's like, I I just feel like if someone just is like, "Oh, I'm dating someone," like you at least give him the social pleasantries of like, "Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's great. Well, I'm happy." You know what I mean? Like to jump off like that is I feel like really like alarming. But (laughs) that's a great point. Yeah, because he the fact that he says any kind of call again, you're like. Or like implying the phone sex, phone sex. You're just like, right. Did you just hear me? Like, (laughs) it's like sweet because the music is really sweet in that scene. But like, yeah, you're like kind of like, okay, you could. Yeah. Not really the reaction I was looking for. You could easily remaster all these episodes like with different music that are like and show like basically him as a predator. Absolutely. (laughs) I would love to see like a super cut of all of those moments. I have to say someone's got to do it. There was a scene before this where Berger was like, they're in bed together and Berger's like, she cheated on me and I was devastated and I felt like dying. And then I met you. And I think he's like, tell me about like your stuff. And I actually thought that was like a missed opportunity for like a really awkward scene because she's like, oh, well, I actually cheated on my last ex because he's like, I got cheated on and it was devastating. Have you ever been devastated? And she's like, yeah, but her devastation was different. She was the Mm -hmm. Lauren, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah, you're so right. They should have connected those dots. That would have been so interesting. Yeah, because I, I, I was glad that they didn't, though, because that felt like a little bit too on the nose. Like, uh-huh. if I feel like the tension of her, like, wondering if she should ever bring it up, like, me personally. Oh, but yeah, I also, right. I have a friend who that happened in real life where she oh, was shit. engaged and then her husband's, like, such a sack of shit or, like, her fiance. <laughs> and, like, basically, whatever, cheat on DMing girls on Instagram. Um, and then she went on a date like, I, you know, six months later and they had that conversation and the guy at the dinner was like, you know, she's like, how did it end? Yeah. And he's, he's like, I cheated on my girlfriend. I'm just like, Oh God. Was she able to keep dating him? She did. And then like, it was just kind of a bad, he was like super weird and hot and cold. And then like, it just, I feel like if I had just been cheated on, it would really be hard for me to start a new relationship with someone who's like, I ended my last relationship by cheating on someone. Totally. It would be triggering as hell. That's why I was thinking that was such an interesting scene where he's in bed and he's like, fine, I'll tell you this really horrible thing has happened to me. So tell me about how your last relationship ended. I mean, that's how hers ended. Yeah, if she didn't say it to him, you would at least like to see a scene where she talks about like, it was fucking weird because he was telling me that he's been cheated on and then I just kind of like didn't say anything Yeah. Well, about my cheating. I think she like plays it and maybe it's true. I've never been in that position that like she was also heartbroken by the way things went down with Aiden. But like Harry's our main character and we're supposed to empathize with her and she felt very torn between two guys, Aiden and Big, and ended up cheating. But then I think is also heartbroken. And I wonder if we're supposed to come away being like even the person who cheats can also feel heartbroken. It's hard for me to understand what the takeaway is there kind mm-hmm. of. Right. Because I don't know. Yeah. Is it heartbreaking to cheat on somebody? I don't know. I haven't done it. Not in this kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I feel like th- that is, th- her, you know, her regrets and her like, it's kind of like looms over her head and she feels kind of l- like the bad guy. And I feel like. That is an interesting because there's elements of Carrie that are super unlikable, you know yes. what I mean? That I think are that are cool because also I feel like even women care like there's such a double standard with women characters like literally men can play these anti, you know, these anti heroes yep. like the Steve Buscemi's of the world who are like, what was it? Boardwalk Empire where he's a murderer and he's like a scum. And we're like, yes, you go, you hideous man. <laughs> and then a woman will be like one shade of like, like literally outspoken. Mm-hmm. And America's like, how dare she? So it's like, so it true. is kind of cool that like, we're like, yes, she's super complex. There's like diff- so many different like opposing qualities but yeah that's a good point like that is such a weird angle like her cheating stuff like i think she lost a lot of fans yeah during that people, time. people definitely have some anger towards her so this is you know this is an intense scene it's like basically her telling big even the idea that she's like i really want to be friends with you i i don't really think it's possible to be friends with somebody that you've loved that mm-hmm. much like as a friend yeah what's what's everyone's feeling on becoming friends with exes or like even having any interaction like are you guys like absolutely not if i'm with someone new like there's no world and i also know straight people are it's really different in the straight world because in gay world everyone's it's just, friends everyone is friends because the communities are like you run with a pack of gay people <laughs> and they like all wolves. 
It is. Oh, the Serengeti, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's a jungle out there. And, like, <laughs> your ex is now dating someone you... Like, everything's so gross, like, connected-wise. But I'm just curious because I'm, like, I think sometimes having those strong, like, no, you cannot is, like, healthy. I don't really like being friends with exes because usually there's hurt feelings there. And, yeah. like, really the only time I can imagine being a friend's friends with an ex is either enough time has passed you're completely mm-hmm. over it mm-hmm. it's all attraction is dead but if there's any lingering feelings then i think it's toxic because then i'll i don't know i think it's i think the only way it works is if you were not really that in love with them in the first place there's not a lot of attraction or something but if that, that stuff is still there i don't know how you just like pal around Mm-hmm. for me no i think it would have to heal first i mean i'm i'm really good friends with an ex but that's mostly because we were forced into working together because we had a thing that we worked on when we were dating and then after we broke up we basically were like given an opportunity to it was a web series and we were given an opportunity to make more and so we kind of like had to figure it out and it forced us to be friends oh that's kind of cool but that was like very rare yeah. like i yeah i haven't had that with any other exes are you friends with your exes jimmy so like some of them, like a handful of them or like we follow each other on Instagram and every now and then they're just like react to a story or like, you know, I like now I'm in a, I'm in like the most healthy relationship I've ever been. Yay. And like, yeah, That's it's so great. cool. Yeah, he's awesome. And like, I That's like awesome. just respect him so much that like I would never want to like do something that felt like I don't know, like I hate saying this because I don't want to like stereotype my entire like community but sometimes gay guys can be just so like basically just use each other and like you know i don't know i think gay guys can be terrible i mean so can straight guys and women mm-hmm. we're all we're all trash we're like everyone this is the part of the podcast where we drag everybody let's do it except except lesbians let's take everybody oh. down a peg my mm-hmm. sister's a lesbian. She's young in her twenties in LA, and she her best friend of all time is her ex girlfriend of four years. And, Lesbians do it flawlessly. Wow. Yeah, wow. it's so weird. Yeah, wow. it's wild. No, for me, if we loved each other and now we're not together, I don't need to see you around. I don't need to hang out with you and like be like, Whoa, tell me, Rose. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't want to have casual brunch with you and just like talk about movies. I have plenty of friends to do that with who. We're never like inside of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we don't. Yes. Agree. <laughs> yeah. Trying to like fit the like square peg back into a round hole. You're like, yeah, yeah this is unnatural. Totally. Most of the time. Oh, my God. My last boyfriend, we like tried to be friends and we like went to a Thai food restaurant. I've already told this to Skyler, but like we went to like one of my favorite Thai restaurants in Echo Park and um, we decided to share some plates instead of like I like to share food when I'm eating out. And I was like, OK, cool. So I'll get something from this this like I'll get like a noodle and then like you can and I was just like pointing to the menu and he just started laughing and I was like what and he's like you're literally telling me what I can order and I was like you know what we're not together anymore we don't need to like do this, is, this yeah. again like I was like why am I here oh my god he was like so annoyed with me for being like just like showing him the menu I don't know That's, I don't know was that his thing that he felt like he was being That's controlled? like a perfect example though of like it's just you cannot like stop trying to preserve it. It's not mm-hmm. there. Yeah. I was it's just done. sort of like, if we're not going to fuck, cause I think, I think we were thinking about like, just like having a hookup and then like, yeah. we both got so annoyed at each other. And so yeah. we were just like, well, that itch has passed, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Um, Rose, you want to close us out of the episode? Yes. So Charlotte heads back to the synagogue for her mikvah, and she is now officially a Jew. The episode closes with Carrie heading back to Burgers with a big gift, a noise machine of her very own, which they go to sleep to within just a few hours. Cool. Great app. This brings us to the question of the episode. Later that day, I got to thinking about tense relationships. And by that, I mean a relationship and its connection to the past, present, and future tense. At a certain age, we've all had relationships that are far from past perfect. But how much does that past relationship affect our dream of a future perfect? And as I became more and more tense, I couldn't help but wonder, can you get to a future if your past is present? I mean, that's a real word, word salad right there. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Can you get to a future if your past is present? Basically, can what you, you move think? on if you're living in the past? Yeah. Which is like, obviously, um, no. What do you think, Jamie? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like she's answering her own question here a little bit. Yeah. I think like you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't. I think you you have to like put certain things to rest if you really want to move on. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're going to be caught in limbo, like between big and burger. What do you totally. think, Jimmy? Yeah, I agree. I think it's like someone said this to me and it's I, it really helped me when talking about old relationships being in the rearview mirror, you know, like it's like yeah. it's, it's gone and you're actually you just keep moving forward away. And it's like I think it's if you're constantly thinking about or talking about at least for me and my journey, like I was always thinking about my my ex and like bringing it up. And it's like it's not a part of my present or my future. It's only my in my past. So yeah. it's and then also sometimes it's like when you're moving on from people, I think like I'm very obsessive. So I'll like think about things over and spin it over. And like sometimes it's like you just have to like let it go totally. So the scab can heal kind of like if you're always mm. picking at a scab, it's always going to be like, you know, fucked up. But if you just like leave it alone. So that's a really great way to put it. Yeah. I feel like Carrie just keeps picking at the scab and this is like her first attempt at just letting it. heal. Yeah. With big. Totally. Okay, well, this brings us to our final segment I'm horny for. Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show, so we end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now? Um, I discovered for the first time, I can't even say discovered, but like I'm very behind on a lot of classic TV shows that people all love and watched, and I just started watching Gossip Girl, <sighs> and I'm loving it. It oh, I love that. So I haven't watched it. Good. I mean, I just love a soapy fucking drama. It's not a comedy, so it's not exactly Darren Star, but it's kind of like that where it's like fluffy and escapist. It's just like hot, rich people and everything is just like you had sex with my best friend in my mansion and my father's Ferrari. It's just like ridiculous, <laughs> but it's really fun and like excellent, fluffy COVID television, I would say. Oh, that's oh, great. Awesome. That makes me want to watch it. Oh, it's amazing. I cannot believe I've never seen that show. It sounds so it's up my alley. Great. What about you, James? Okay. Well, right now I am horny for the book Option B by Cheryl Sandberg and Adam Grant. Um, bought it in the airport. It's a New York Times bestseller. I didn't like dig deep on <laughs> the shelves of Hudson News for this. It was right there. Um, but Cheryl Sandberg is the woman who wrote Lean In. And her husband suddenly died on a treadmill when they were on vacation. And she teamed up with Adam Grant, who's just like this genius professor from Penn. And the two of them sort of parlayed the story of her husband dying into 
a larger book about grief and resilience and bouncing back. And it's just really well done because it's like part memoir, part sort of self-help, but more like research based. And it's just really well written. It's a really smooth read. And yeah, I'm really enjoying it. So highly recommend option B. Option B. And what was the other one? Leaning in. Lean, Lean in is her first book, which was all about like just sort of like taking a seat at the table, essentially in business and like standing up for yourself and your points of view. And oh, like, that's cool. Yeah. And that that was sort of her like launching pad. But she's the COO of Facebook. Yeah. Which obviously right now I feel like people have a lot of strong feelings about not liking Facebook. But oh, yeah. Did you guys see The Social Dilemma? No, I'm scared to see it. No, I haven't watched it. Oh my God, you guys have to watch it. Does it make you really... I'm going to do it. I'm addicted to my phone. I think it's going to make me feel really like scared about that. Yeah, it'll make your stomach just drop. Oh my God. I'm going to actually, I'm going to watch that right after this because I, um, yeah, Yeah, I need a thing to watch. Email me what you think of it. And by the way... Okay, I will. Oh my God, did you guys, did you watch Mad Men? Yeah, I love. I, I love Mad Men. Okay, the guy who plays Pete Campbell is in it in the most weird way. And I'll, that's oh, all I'll say. Okay. Interesting. Well, Jimmy, what were you huh. horny for this week? I started a little TV show called A Teacher on what FX. What is this TV show? Let me tell you about a teacher. A Texas teacher. And it's played by Kamara, who's like great. And she basically has feelings for her. Seen her student. Oh, I have to watch this. Okay, it's, this sounds it's right so up my twisted. alley. Exactly what I would it, watch. It's great, and even it, more so than Gossip mm-hmm. Girl. It is so like it's oh. so weird because you're like it's it's really like fucked up, but then also like you know it's 2020, so like people aren't just gonna air this like sexual you know like basically statutory rape story without a ton of like like before the episode starts it's like if you need help or support go to this website wow so this is triggering because it has scenes of grooming like you're like wait like so before you even watched a moment of it you're like you have to like you have to like sign a consent form yeah (laughs) yeah so um a teacher teacher. is there like yeah you can see it on hulu is he like i don't want to know if it's okay okay. i won't ask I don't want to know if it's hot. I just want to watch it. I just want to watch it. I feel like that's such a trap, though, because to be like, um, it's totally hot. Like, you're basically like, (laughs) what kind of woman wants to fuck Timothy Chalamet, who looks 11? And that movie with Kate Blanchett, I forget the name of it, where she has an affair with her student. Yeah, a scandal or something. A scan. Yeah. No, it's not a scandal. It, it is hot. It's, mm-hmm. I don't want to say it, but it's hot. Because it's forbidden. It is hot. Yes. It's hot because of, not because like I, I loved watching like the two of them have sex. That part's not the hot part. The hot part is because it's forbidden. Well, yeah. also if somebody is like 17, about to be 18 or 18, or if it's like an actor who's like 37 in real life. Playing yes, an 18 exactly. Yeah. And I think there's part of you and your lizard brain that knows like it's okay it's to safe, like yeah. this because he's of age. But like, even when he like comes up to her and like his little like, boy school blazer and he's like mess i really love taking your class he's like i think he's out oh, like, wow. <laughs> i don't know what that accent was no he's like mess i really love taking your class miss i'm like oh this is dream machine yeah i mean yeah, for some reason so i weird. also think even though it's absolutely unacceptable and not okay in real life the fact that it's a no, female of course well, not. just the fact that it's a female teacher with a male student makes it like just one little smidge less because gross. you're like oh that's cool that he's like into <laughs> 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 makes me feel like young again okay well can't wait to watch That's it disgusting i'm sorry guys no it's okay great. cannot wait and jimmy Fally, oh my god you are just 
You're, you're a Where can people find you guys? Doing so, our podcast. so much fun. You guys are great. You guys are so Ugh. hilarious. Rose, your story, your Instagram story about like the Emma Stone movie where she's like dressed in <laughs> easy A. Like I would pay money. Oh my God, money. I missed this. It was so good. Like just Ugh. her like describing like what Emma Stone's wearing and how it's totally like real <laughs> students can't wear this because they get sent <laughs> home for wearing corsets. Oh my God. I mean, seriously, COVID has like really made me turn hard towards the instagram as like my new friend group um so i watch i like to watch stuff and, and comment on it as i watch like as if it's i have so friends. good um jimmy where can people find you and and what do you want to tell people i am you know what guys i'm on youtube i'm on instagram i i'm even on tiktok if you believe okay. it wow, young you just yeah f- feel just like put a pop in my name and see whatever comes up listen our our listeners are big comedy stands a lot of people found us through jamie because she's an amazing comedian so if you guys love jamie if you guys love the pod i know you will love jimmy fowley he i've been standing him for a long time and we're just we're thank you so much for being on the show we were yeah. just so happy thanks to have you. guys i had the best time thank you for having thank me. you so much for thank doing you it. so much okay bye everybody bye, bye. For listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CHBW Pod and follow my co host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co host Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at The Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us, it helps you, it helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production, executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.